Welcome to Cigar Hustlers Podcast with your host, Mike Stepankevich from Cigar Hustler in Deltona, Florida, and me, I'm Mike Palmer from Florida Cigar Club. Sit back, light up your cigar, everybody get ready, let's get hustling. Hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling, hustling real hard, hustling real hard, hustling real hard, hustling real hard, hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hold up. We're talking to Pedro Gomez this week from Drew Estate. There was a slight technical issue as we started the uh, program, so we start the interview already in progress. Thank you, and we apologize. The day, bro, if somebody made it before, nothing can stop you for you to make it, you know, for yourself. And not just for yourself, for your family as well, because you have to have a motivation for you to go up there and not conquer the world, not even change the world, but inspire somebody to make a change absolutely you know the best thing that you can left as a mark in, in in life is about not be well besides being an example no no i mean it will be hard to say oh this person is an example because we're humans we make mistakes you know but if you can inspire people to to do their best that's the best thing that you can left behind when all of us are gone yep because we're gonna die exactly yeah (laughs) that's for sure (laughs) so you get out of iowa Mm -hmm. people are trying to convince you to stay Mm -hmm. but you decide to go home yes now you have more abilities you have you know a different belief system Mm -hmm. and you know well the fact of the matter is now you can speak english right which definitely opened up more opportunities that's right correct yeah when i went back you know it was i was determined enough not to go back to saddle shop because what would be the point? To go all to, to came to the all United that trouble States, and all that time. Got the right. education opportunity and then go back. Go back I, exactly I was like, you were. Hell no. Back to seven dollars a week. Fuck this man. I'm going to fucking look for a job in anywhere. I mean any employer, I'm very happy to work for it. So I went to I went to every cigar factory in Esteli looking for a job and unfortunately, you know, good positions. In, in, in factories, people are not gonna just quit and go to look for another one because there is no, I mean, back not in those days, there right, was right. no nothing, you know. So I went to every one of them, they didn't have nothing for me. I went to Drew Estate okay. and I kind of figured it out, okay, this is a, a gringo company, you know, <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, the rest, it was uh, Cuban Americans, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, they're gonna. He gotta have something right there. So I went to have an interview and uh, with uh, Nick Melillo and, and Manuel Rubio, who is who were the managers back in that time right. in, in for Drew Estate. And they said to me, you know, we don't have anything for you, but um, uh, we like your resume. And, and if you wanna come and work, come tomorrow. I said, sure. So I went the next day. I was at seven a.m. So. It was pretty much, you know, learning about tobacco is it, a whole different school. It, I mean, fuck what you learn in school, that shit is a whole different world, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started to, you know, kind of learn, trying to learn here and there, but at the same time, I was doing whatever they asked me to do. Hey, we need coffee. Yeah, call Pedro, you know? Hey, we need a driver. Oh, don't call Pedro because he doesn't know how to drive yet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to getting water, getting lunch, you know, for people, being a translator, bro, you, you, you tell me, I do it. Right. 
And that was that's what I, what I was doing. So a year passed by. And then I got the opportunity to be the operation manager assistant. So I was doing that for two years. That's when I learned all the ins and outs of the company. So Plus, that's a, that's a big deal. That's, yeah, a, big, that's, a, that's a big jump yeah. from getting coffee to being the right. operation manager. Assistant. And then I started to learn how the factory works and the upper levels because you know there were people from the United States that were going down to Nicaragua to have meetings with the. CFO, the CFO didn't speak English that well, so they were needing a translator, so I was there. And I was learning and picking and stuff, you know. At the same time, they were giving me a chance to give the tours to the backpackers. Okay. Ah. And at that point, you know, what I was learning every day was bleeding. I was bleeding these people's ears, bro. I was, <laughs> you know, training myself. And there was, you know, Jonathan was coming into town. He was giving tours to their retailers. So I was right next to him, just learning how, you know, he was giving the tours. And then the opportunity came that the company bought uh, a piece of land because back in the days, Drew State started from a small house in Esteli where Jonathan Drew was renting out. It was a small house where it was a factory, you know. And, and basically, you know, he started with the factory early 1999, mm -hmm. and he started with seven people trying to make it work. And then, uh, you know, one little house became two, became three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So at that point, that was 2006, and okay. that was the year when I entered Drew Estate. So we were out uh, 11 different houses working as a factory, you know. Okay. And then they bought a piece of land, and they start to build a factory. Jonathan Drews, uh, I mean, his dream was to build the biggest cigar factory in Nicaragua, but not just the biggest, the most beautiful one. So the idea came to, to have a, a tourism program. Mm -hmm. And that was when they saw me, and they said, hey, this kid could be good for this opportunity. So they gave me the opportunity, and I was like, yeah, I can take it. And, and then uh, they <coughs> gave me the opportunity to be the director of Cigar Safari, which is the first three, four years I was just the guy working behind the curtains, making sure that everything was running on point. While Jonathan and Steve Saka, Nicholas and Marvin Samuel were, were giving the tours to our visitors, you uh -huh. know, and this case was, and consumers and retailers. And then uh, I remember that I met you Yep. I met you absolutely in an yep. IPCPR show. Uh, yeah, we first that was our, our, and, our first time we met. Yeah, that's right. That's when Jonathan introduced me to you and your brother, yep. and he said to me, "Yo, pitch this guy about cigar safari. Let's yep. see if this guy comes to our tour." Sure thing. And, and I remember, I think it was in New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. That was 2009. Yep. 2009. Yep. So that's when we met. Yeah. And then we keep that friendship, you know, and, and it's great to see that you are doing really well. It's great to see that your company is growing, that you are diversifying, you know, you. in every aspect of the tobacco industry because there is a lot of opportunities. And the thing about it is that the cigar industry is a very traditional industry, but when you have John Blood like you, the one that may change here and there, but for the good, 
to attract the masses, bro, that's when things start to move in the right direction. Yep. And I'm very happy for you, man. So shout out to Cigar <laughs> Hustler, yeah. to everybody up there. Much appreciated. Yeah, man, we are doing it. <laughs> so, you know, I like to call you the mayor of Esteli. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> if you ever go, if, back in the day, if you went on the Cigar Safari with Pedro, I mean, Pedro knew everybody, he, <laughs> you know, and everybody loved seeing Pedro because, you know, he, he brought the, the gringos with the fat wallets that were, were buying boots and all. <laughs> types of other shit so you know that's if, right. if you were in circulation for the cigar safari you know you had to know pedro and you had to be really nice to pedro nah. so they were very excited <laughs> to see him so no, I, it's great man to have people around man to have people in my hometown is the best yeah absolutely because you know even nowadays people ask me hey so how safe is to go to nicaragua i was like really bro well you, you go and do your own your own homework Go to Washington Post, New York Times, and kind of search about Nicaragua. It will tell you everything. And Nicaragua is a tourism destination. War is over. That was over back in the 1990. That was the end of the Civil War. Right. And then after that, you know, from the 90s, mid-90s, early 2000s, everything has been about work and progress. And, and thank God, you know, things are going great. And, and, and basically, you know, that was... Pretty much everything happens at the right time. When Drew Estate came out, the Cigar Safari program was about bringing people to Drew Estate, see how they we make their cigars that they truly enjoy, mm-hmm. and kind of un- make them understand, you know, how much does it take to make a cigar and the appreciation that they are gonna get through the experience by being in a foreign country and seeing how a factory operates, you know, because right. every factory is different, but it doesn't mean that. That, that we don't want to accomplish that goal, which is supply the best cigar that they can find up there. Uh, I mean, fortunate enough is that we have nowadays a lot of good cigars that are coming into the United States, mm-hmm. are coming from Nicaragua. Well-known established companies are using the Nicaraguan war as a marketing point to drive end consumers to try their new stuff, which is good, because at the end of the day, everybody wins, you know? The retailer wins because they got something good to sell. The end consumer wins because they, they can enjoy something that they really appreciate, which is smoking a, a cigar. It doesn't, it, it names and brand doesn't matter. The cigar is good, it's, gonna good, it's going to be good no matter what, you know. Right. We, been, we win as a Nicaraguans because we got job opportunities, you mm-hmm. know. There is no such a thing waking up, you know, Monday morning knowing that you have a workplace to, to go and you make a, job, a living. Right. Right. That, you know, if there are people complaining on Monday, oh, man, I got to go fucking work to work. Oh, come on, bro. You got to be grateful that you got a job, you know? Right. You got to be grateful that you have a sort of income where you can make uh, your dreams come true. Right. So, again, to, to kind of help paint a picture, you said that you started looking around and you started going when you were looking for a new job right when you came back you went from to cigar factory cigar factory why did you choose the cigar why did you choose the cigar industry in esteli i choose the cigar industry because uh the tobacco industry in my hometown is the big engine that moved the economy absolutely you know you got uh out of people that live in esteli 75,000 people work in tobacco, tobacco, in tobacco farm. farms, cigar factories, boxes, I mean factories that make the uh, boxes, you know, and everything in the middle it gravitates around the tobacco industry. So you're talking about almost 50% of your population in Esteli Absolutely. is running from the cigar industry. It's running by the cigar industry. You, you could see a lot of, you know, shoe store, banks, restaurants, you know, you name it. 
but those business wouldn't wouldn't be doing right, well be if there is no money running right, the street. There's you know? no tobacco. That's right. So so I said, you know, I have to make a living. So I, this is a true story too. So when I was uh, working at Drew Estate, you know, the first two years, it was kind of tough. You know, a start-off position is difficult, you know, in any industry, and it doesn't matter what you went to school for, where school you graduate. I mean, money is not there yet. So I was working as an English teacher. <laughs> I, I was an English teacher for, for pretty much like two years, you know, going to work during the day, Drew Estate Factory, and then at night I was, you know, teaching... English, English to 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 adults or kids, you know, and it got to the point that me as a teacher, I was doing well, but I, I said, know you that. know, uh, being a teacher without due right. respect, because right. there is a lot of good professional nowadays everywhere in the world, they wouldn't be where they are without having a good teacher. Sure. You know, sure. so shout out to everybody that is a teacher <laughs> that smokes cigars and truly appreciate what the teaching philosophy is all about so while you're working it in the day right your estate you got a side hustle at night right yes teaching that's and right educating people about speaking english that's right and you know and and i was like you know if if i can see a future it's not gonna be as a teacher it's gonna be in the tobacco industry right so well to, i was running the tours everything was going great and and they the opportunity came when Drew Stay was trying to concentrate energies and trying to, to, to open markets in other countries. That's when my background education came to the picture and, and the company, I mean, in this case, Jonathan Drew, he said, you know what, man, you are gonna be, uh, I want you to run the, the international sales department. So we're gonna, uh, we're gonna train you. I was like, oh, really? Well, one thing is giving the tour, another thing is selling a cigar. Right. Oh, don't worry about it. We're going to train you. Uh, you're going to fly to Miami. We're going to train you and everything. Well, the training, you know, to be a sales rep, sometimes might take a few weeks. Mm-hmm. My, sell, my, my, my sales training was uh, two weeks, you know? And two weeks, you got to learn everything, all the ins and outs. And, and thank God, you know, I... I passed the test and it was like the movie Pursuing the Happiness. Have you seen the movie with, with my man Will yeah, Smith? Of yes. course. You know what I mean? You only got one shot in life, bro. You better not fuck it up. Yeah, so, absolutely. absolutely. So I came here and they 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 trained me, you know, and, and thank God I got it and and uh, well the next challenge will be trying to open accounts. Right. So I got the opportunity to travel with this job to Germany. I went to Dortmund. They have a big trade show that is called Inter Tobacco and mm-hmm. I started to meet with distributors from many different countries. And I was doing that for three years and I was open accounts with in different countries, Netherlands, Germany, uh South Africa. It was like, I got like 10 different distributors where I was supplying the product, you know, telling them, hey, we got a, this new product. So, but everything was through email. It was not like, like me going to those countries. Was, right. I was meeting there was once a year. And uh, everything was show. through email and email and email. And if we start to grow, it was running good. To the point in 2012, that's when Jonathan offered me the opportunity to come and work full time for the company. And, and and I was like, yeah, man, I'm ready. 
tell me when yeah. and I'm ready. So they hire a lawyer to go through my legal status, you know. So I came with a working visa, mm -hmm. and that was back in 2013. And the goal was to still run in the Cigar Safari Tours. And when the Cigar Safari Tour was over, was coming to the United States and traveled all around the country doing cigar events, which it turns out beautiful because all the people that I have met in the past right. at the events, at the event, they will create sales at the end of the year. Right. I mean, at the end of the day. So it, everything was going good. It was going good. It was going good. And then it got to the point that the company said that, hey, you better train some, hire somebody because we need you more in the United States doing cigar events. So, and I was like, all right, cool. And then that's when I hired Henry, who is the man down there in Nicaragua that runs the tours. At that point, when the company transferred me to the United States, I couldn't manage the, the, the international sales department mm -hmm. because, you know, it, it was a lot of travels and you got to concentrate energies, you know, in those people. So they hired somebody else and he's doing good job. I mean, nowadays, real estate is uh, kind of, well, we are in different countries. Uh, Cigar Cool Journal Magazine came out with the Cigar of the Year, which was Liga Privada. We got it this year. Oh, very nice. So that means that Liga Privada is doing well in Europe, you know. And so now, you know, I'm living full time here in the United States. I go to Nicaragua maybe three times a year. Uh, I'm very excited to go to Nicaragua at the end of this month to see my family and, you know, catch up with friends and stuff like that. But I own so much to this industry. I own a lot to Drew Stay. And we, I mean, we are, we're grateful to be here. We are grateful to be here with you, man. Absolutely. Well, you know what I mean? We're happy to have you. We didn't know that we were going to put you on a podcast. <laughs> but, but, you know, so. Um, all right. Well, you know, I guess that's pretty much. That, We've got that, the three questions. Oh, yes. What are yes. the co-boys? Oh, yeah. That is now why talk. you are the co-producer because you help keep things on track. All right, so we like to ask three questions yes. to all of our interviews. The exact same questions we ask everybody. Right. Okay. And, uh, well, you know, both interviews. Right, all, all two interviews. <laughs> all two interviews. We've but, done. you know, you know we're going we're gonna to progress from here now that we have these nice fancy mics. So, Mike, if, uh, if you want, go right ahead. All right, here's the first question. What one person, living or dead, would you like to have a cigar with? Can be anybody. Michael Jordan. Michael, Michael Jordan. Michael fucking Jordan. <laughs> yes. Very good. Very that's, an, good. that's an excellent answer. He did it right <laughs> off the top of his head, too. He had that ready. All right, second question. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Mm -hmm. It came from my uncle. His name was uh, Pedro. Matter of fact, I got the name from him. And he got a beautiful story, too. And Well, he was in a wheelchair. He got, when he was five years old, he got the Apollo. You no know? kidding. And... and he immigrated from the country side of Nicaragua to the city. And he started, you know, with a little bookstore in the Central Park in Esteli. So, and the guy was very smart. He was very business oriented, you know, he treated everybody nice and people loved to go to his little bookstore to buy stuff. So, and then, you know, the guy ended up renting a, a little house, you know, he had his business, his house there, and then eventually he ended up buying his house, and his own house, which was the house I grew up with. So, mm -hmm. I grew up with him, and, and, and the best advice that I got for him, from him, was uh, never give up, always do your best, because you never know who's watching. Good stuff. Very good. Good stuff right there. Very good. Okay, the final question. What is your favorite cigar? 
my favorite cigar. Oh, Damn, you put me in this part. Well, I will tell you something. I don't know if I can change the question, but one thing that I can tell you is this. A good cigar is a good cigar. If you if you are smoking that cigar with a good friend, mm -hmm. or you can be smoking that cigar by yourself, maybe with a good music in the background, maybe watching a good movie, everything depends the environment where you are smoking that cigar. So that is a great tactical political answer <laughs> however we are not because you know you. i i don't want to say true state because you know well, everybody got their own preference say, you know right so i mean you know it you can say drew estate but after that i'm gonna make you i'm gonna ask you which one is in <laughs> true estate that you like oh you know? uh, okay well from drew estate you know believe it or not well i'm a medium body smoker okay and uh i like uh medium body cigars where I can really taste the flavor so I would say uh, the undercrown okay it's a, it's a good stick a good stick you know and now what not Drew Estate not cigar. Drew Estate there are plenty man but there's gotta be gotta one, be one. Go you to gotta be you know enjoy. like taking the time uh, to, to really acknowledge this moment and uh -huh. truly highlight this question a good cigar and a good cigar that really set the bar of Nicaragua to yeah. the highest level. I know where you're going with this. And the man just passed away. He, yeah. uh, he was a legend, a true icon. My man, Jose Orlando Padron. Rest in peace, man. My Absolutely. condolence goes out to his family. But that guy really set the bar super high. And that's a great stick, man. Absolutely. Great yes, stick. It is. Absolutely. All right, well, you know, I have a lot of respect for you, obviously. You know, we, we go a little ways back. So um, I, I know you weren't expecting to come in on this <laughs> podcast, but uh, I, I kind of put you on the spot. And, you know, as usual, you rose to the occasion. It's a, it's it's an honor to have you come out here and, and hang out with us. And um, we truly appreciate it, you know. and um, Well, you know, uh, thank you very much, man. On behalf of my people from Nicaragua, thank you very much. Because uh, like you, you guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but... You guys are changing the communities back home, not just in Nicaragua and Dominican Republic and Honduras for good. Yeah, you know it's a big deal when trust me. Pizza Hut shows up in Estonia. No, trust <laughs> me when I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it is good having, you know, having the opportunity to, to have that commercial com commercial trade. Yeah, absolutely. Between Nicaragua right. and the United States and Nicaragua and the rest of the world. Because at the end of the day, uh, everybody needs to eat. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good thing. And and your hustle is unmatched <laughs> in the cigar industry, man. Coming from nothing and, you know, building yourself up into where you've become. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing where you go in the future of this industry. And, uh, you know, hope we remain friends for a long time. Absolutely, man. Did, yeah. Did you ever find out who that guy was that you saw getting out of the fancy car? Never saw him. Never, Never saw him bro. again? Uh, I think Never. it was Jonathan. That'd be, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be but everything is everything in life is possible as long as you believe it. Absolutely. Very good. All right, well, that's gonna be, that concludes our, our podcast. Uh, you know, if, if you like the podcast, all that we ask is you give us some feedback on it and tell your friends about it. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Yes, thank Absolutely, you very much. Absolutely, brother. Thank you, Pedro. My man. All right. We hope you enjoyed episode two of a Cigar Hustlers podcast. That's it. It's over. The world's out there waiting for you. Get up, get out there, start going, and everybody, let's get hustling. <laughs>